Thus saith the Lord, when you come into my house, come into my house expecting. Come into my house wanting more of me. Come into my house with intentions of receiving from me. Come into my house to let me love on you. Come into my house to let me pray for you and be with you in all circumstance. Come to my house for healing. Come to my house to receive from me. You don't come for me, or I don't come for you. You come for me. Thank you, Lord. Any time the Holy Spirit moves, um, we need to take it to heart. You know, too many times I think, you know, I'll just speak for, for me. You will have a tongue, an interpretation of tongues, or a word of wisdom, or, or a word of knowledge, and, and we say, oh yeah, that was good, and, and go home and, and, and never think about it again. Uh, but I think as, as a church, as, as individuals, uh, we, we need to, to meditate and dwell on what, what uh, has been said. You know, this is not a word from, from Pastor Kent. It, it, it's a word from the throne room of God. It's what was on God's heart at this particular time. Okay? What, what he said tonight, uh, you know, kind of lined up exactly with what the, the service was about at, at Carthage, Oakton Carthage Sunday. That everything that we do, we need to do it deliberately, on purpose. And, and every time we come together as, as a body, we need, we need to expect God to move on our behalf. Okay? We just don't show up just on Sunday morning just because, you know, that's, that's what we do. Uh, you know, that's what I used to do. You know, used to go to, you know, church growing up. And, you know, the reason I went is because that's where mom and dad took me. You know, and my three sisters, and, and we got there. Well, there was my aunt and uncle and my three cousins and, and you know, another aunt and uncle, and, and grandma and grandpa was there, and that was the church that, that, that great-grandma and grandpa went to. And, you know, that, that's the reason we went, not, not necessarily expecting God to do anything, but just because that was a tradition. Don't let attending church become a tradition because it's it's a it's a it's a relationship in 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 Luke I forget now exactly what chapter it is but but Jesus and and a bunch of the people that were following him were were on the road and and they passed this guy that was blind and he said you know what's going on and they said, well, this is Jesus of Nazareth that's coming by. And, and he had heard about what Jesus had done. You know, he had heard about, you know, the woman with the issue of blood. You can be seated. The w- woman with the issue of blood, the Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. You know, he heard about all that. And, and, and he started hollering, hollering louder. And they said, you know, be quiet. Be quiet. This is this is Jesus. You know, you're you're messing with him here. And and finally he got Jesus' attention 
And Jesus says, what do you want? He's asking us that tonight. You know, what do you want? You know, wh- wh- why did you come? Did you come just because that's what you do on Wednesday nights or Sunday morning or Sunday night or, or you know, whatever, whenever it is. But we need to come into the house of God and to his presence on, on purpose. We need to have a purpose. And, and this blind man said, well, you know, I want to receive my sight. And we need to be specific about why we're coming. You know, I really believe that. You know, he could have said, well, you know, my shoes are getting kind of wore out and I need a new pair of shoes. Or, you know, they wore a, a coat signifying that, that, they were, that they were blind. And he said, you know, this old coat's getting kind of ratty. Jesus, can you give me a new coat? You know, that, that, that's all I need. No, he, he wanted to receive his, his sight. You know, what do you want tonight? You know, wh- why did you come tonight? We need to come with a purpose every time we come together as a body. You know, we need to come with a purpose. We need to come with a purpose. You know, Father, that, that, that I'm able to walk in love in, in, in situations that I haven't been able to before. You know, Father, I, I, I need that. You know, Father, I need, you know, I, I need a deeper relationship, just like Joel was talking. You know, Father, I need a, a deeper relationship. Just, just show me, Father, your goodness and your mercy. Show it to me tonight, Father. You know, that, that's, why I, that's why I'm here. And, and, and we need to do that every, every time we come together. Every time we come together. Don't just show up, but show up on purpose. You know, show up on purpose. Amen. To be set apart. What does that mean? To be set apart, are we living according to what God's called us to do? Or are we just living just to going through the motions like everybody else is? To be set apart, are we doing His calling? Are we called to a higher purpose in our lives? I think not. Because we are sitting here wondering... What that purpose is. Our purpose is to serve Him and to live according to His will. God has our heart inside of each and every one of us. We have the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. So are we just laying here just waiting for something to happen? Are we coming here to expect God move on our lives? In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. So 
VBS, right? I was here last summer. I did the three VBSs and then got to do the three VBSs again this year. And it was, of course, amazing as usual. Like, it's, it's amazing just to see every year, like, the different faces and also the new faces. And one thing, especially being in charge of Carthage, Man, I learned a lot. I didn't realize how much there was to VBS. And I'm so glad that, like, you know, I wasn't in charge of the whole thing, which maybe, like, in years from now. But it was amazing to also see, like, the way Taylor did stuff, the way Crystal did stuff, and Jennifer from the years before, and the way everything, like, it was such a huge learning experience. But besides that, besides all the administrative stuff, just really realizing that even though there probably weren't, like, 100 kids at Carthage, I loved the the way that each of them kind of grew during the week and how they kind of learned something new uh, during the week too. And just seeing like the impact that we can make in their lives is just this whole different idea. Like we're just there for a week or especially Casey just there for a week and we live two hours away. But just being able to see what we can do in their lives, just like loving on them and reminding them that they're worth so much more than whatever other people tell them, that they are loved even if other people don't show it to them. And just having that patience with them is something that's really just mind-blowing. And to see the excitement that they have when it comes to God's word, when it comes to like what Jesus did, it's like it reminds you like, hey, like, why is it that I don't have this excitement? Like, Jesus is still doing all this stuff. Jesus is still moving. Jesus is still um, the amazing God who raised from the dead. Like, why is it that we don't have this excitement? And we kind of like get into this little stance. And so I really learned a lot. And also having the praise every morning at KC just really was something I needed personally. Because I mean, being at Bible college in a college that they kind of just disregard the, what the Holy Spirit can do, it was a huge struggle, like trying to clear my head on everything I needed to do and what I really believed growing up in a church like this. So it was it was a huge mind-blowing experience because I had never heard of that. And so the, the past week at KC, just really submerging in the spirit and around people who are just so spirit-filled is something that I really personally needed in my life. And it's something that I'm just like, I am hungry for more and more of the spirit just to move. And so I know, I know that was... That was really awesome. Yeah. We're seeing a theme kind of developing, aren't we? But something that probably blessed me more than anything at Kansas City was what Giselle was talking about, that that a, a, a tongue was given. I know I shared this Sunday. I think I did. I don't remember. But to see our young kids step up and interpret without hesitation, it just... To see the kids moving in the spirit, uh, that's the only reason that, that I believe God has me go up there is just to lead that time. And, and this year I wasn't going to go. And, and I was praying about it, and the Lord kept checking me, you need to go. And I was like, well, all the pastors will be there. And anyway, uh, I asked him for confirmation if I was supposed to go. And a, and a mother of one of the kids that on the previous year came up after that service that same Sunday and said, hey, that, that morning that Giselle was talking about changed my daughter's life. And, and she's a whole different person. And that was a confirmation that I wanted. But, but the other thing that Giselle uh, said that really ministered to me is, is we try to take on everything. I was really uh, nervous about Kansas City this year because, again, we don't have a pastor to turn these kids over to. And, and it was really tough to you go up there and do all that, and then they're on their own. But as these kids came in for salvation... 
I think there's 11 or 12 or 13, several of them were saying, well, I was saved last year and God has kept them. And that's what blessed me is that God's bigger than we are and, and, and he can take care of his people and they just need to choose him. And that's probably what another thing that really blessed me up there was that God was reminded me again that we don't have to perform or, or work. We just need the Holy Spirit to just move through us and let God take care of the rest. And, and that's his job. So good word, Giselle. Yeah, come on up. I wanted to tag off of what Giselle said, too, because that was the most the most impressive part to me was we haven't been at this church very long, and I didn't even get involved in VBS last year. But just the way that everybody brings something, and then it's all taken care of. It's not all on one person or the, the superhero pastor or whatever it is. You know, one person brings their cot, another person person brings some food, another person brings some encouragement, another person brings a teaching, another person brings a verse, and you got it, and you're done. And I just love how everybody works together, and the Lord the Lord just works it all out. And I just haven't seen a demonstration like that in my life before coming here. And so I just want to applaud you guys for just bringing your your little thing, because it all works together beautifully. Can I tell you a little story that happened? It's my favorite story from Kansas City, and I brought this up to remember her name, Nadia. Nadia is a little girl, so those of you who went to Kansas City, and uh, raise your hand if, if she pops up on the screen so that, so that we can show everybody who she is. Um, but a little blonde-headed, uh, one of the few white girls, <laughs> excuse me, um, in Kansas City. <laughs> it's okay to say, right? Like there were three, I think, uh, in, in all of 60, 70 kids. But uh, the sweetest little thing, and, and her English wasn't very good, which was odd. She would just kind of blah, 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 and you pick out a word or two. But she was in the preschool class, so she has some time to grow. Um, and what happened was that it was, uh, th- I think, the last day that we were talking about what is Jesus, no, Thursday. We were talking about what is Jesus doing in heaven now? What is Jesus doing in heaven now? So we were talking about that one thing he's doing is that he's interceding for us. And so for the, the preschoolers, I really, um, I was during snack time and I loved to tell Bible stories or whatever. So there she is. Yes. In Jennifer's arms. Yes. Uh, she was a pill sometimes, so Jennifer (laughs) was doing the right thing. Um, so, but I wanted to demonstrate to the kids what is intercession. That's a huge word. What in the world is that talking about? And so, uh, Gary and Paula had made it all the way back from Florida, all the way to Kansas city. And so that he was standing against the wall over there and I'm like, aha, I know what I'm going to do. And, uh, so I pulled Gary up and I said, do you mind pretending to be God? And then uh, there was somebody who was, who was there. It was Jessica. Yes. Yes. I said, will you be Jesus, please? <laughs> and so we just pretended because preschoolers love to pretend, right? And so I just got down on my knees and I prayed a, a little prayer. God, my family's going on a trip and I pray that you would protect my family while, while we're on the road. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jessica was Jesus, relayed that to God. And then Gary uh, just spoke back to the person who was praying, okay, At, um, the best he could from the heart of God. So I asked for volunteers from the preschool, would you like to pray? 
<laughs> Would you like to see what happens when you pray? Let's see how Jesus intercedes for you. And so she wanted to pray. And like I said, I can't really understand what she's saying. So I had to ask her three, four times, what did you say? What? And the first time, the first four times was like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I did not get any English out of that. I don't know what you said. But anyway, we got to the last time and I thought I heard dad. So I'm like, you want us to pray for your dad? And she goes, <laughs> so I don't know anything about her dad or even if she has one around or anything. But um, so she didn't even want to pray. I just, I just kind of, she repeated what I said. God, please be with my dad. Draw him close to you. In Jesus' name, amen, something simple. And so so th- watching this little girl's eyes, I didn't watch uh, Jesus or God. I just watched her because what I saw in her eyes was just so, so beautiful. Um, she watched Jesus talk to God, and then Gary Dumb, you know how soft-hearted he is, and uh, he just broke down in tears that this little girl would be praying for her daddy. And he just broke down in tears, and, the, and the, the whole kitchen area that's always so full of, as a beehive, um, just quieted, and God's presence just settled on the preschool class. They were all still, all just like looking at Gary going, oh, what's he doing? And I think that, I believe that just God's presence and just the way that he cares for, for the little guys um, was really conveyed through Gary's uh, tenderness toward the Lord. And so when Gary got himself together, <laughs> he uh, responded with something like, I love your daddy, and I love you very much, and I hear your prayer, and I'll take good care of you or something. I, I can't... I, Anyway, just the heart of God back to her. And she was just so wide-eyed and so tender-hearted. And I have no idea what was going on inside of her. But that was my favorite moment, um, that God just really stepped in and did a beautiful thing. That Lord has hit me while he was talking or, or speaking to me, I think. But, it, but uh, it's kind of what he's telling us tonight. And those things happen here. And those God moments happen here. But... The, we see them happen overseas and up there so much, again, because we were intentional. You follow me? In other words, we prepared. Uh, we wanted to see God move. We got up early and we prayed and we're seeking God. And God, will you do this today? We prayed for the people that day and God moved. And that's the intention that he wants us to be about every day. And that happens here. I'm not saying it doesn't. It does. But he wants it to be like that here all the time. So anybody else want to share Everybody text Gary, where are you at? I give you permission to text in church. Where are you? Follow up on what you just said and some things that you said and some things that Giselle said. Okay, I got three things that have been on my heart that I've been thinking about. There were three things that happened in Kansas City. Number one, I realized that I'm not getting any younger. At the end of the day, I was exhausted And I look at these young guys that were all there that are not like me, (laughs) that are are young, and they gave 100% of what they had all day long with the kids. And then they weren't wiped out. They still gave 100% of what they had to each other. 
in fellowship and building a relationship with each other. And that was awesome to me. So I'd like to be your age again. Okay. Um, second thing I learned is that even though I'm not getting any younger, I'm not near as old as Gary Dumb. Okay. Now, I, I wanted him to would be here because I wanted to Gary rib him. What's that? Would you have said that if he was here? Yes, I would have. Okay. Because he would have laughed. Because the one morning when he, he, he came, oh, so powerful. Gary, you guys know Gary Dumb has a heart after God's heart. And um, he would get up and talk and just the spirit of God just come over him so powerfully. And um, he just couldn't speak. And uh, he's very tenderhearted and passionate. And I think what I wanted to say about Gary is that no matter how old I get, I want to have the passion for God that he conveys as he gets more passionate in the years that he has. And um, anyway, that, that, that's just awesome. And his passion comes through in every instance with those preschoolers. See, I didn't know all those details. That was amazing. Um, and then the third thing, and this has to do piggyback on what you said about the salvations. So Wednesday was the salvation, the, the really full-blown salvation message. There were many, many salvation in a nutshell messages that went on way before Wednesday. But Wednesday was a big day. And anyway, on Wednesday, at the end of the day, and we kind of talk about, you know, um, how'd that go? And were there kids that received Christ and those kinds of things? And Kent said something because there weren't as many brand new salvations, particularly in the older two classes. We have fifth and sixth grade and third and fourth grade. And so the next day, and Kent said something about, well, you know, we have quite a few, it sounds like, that have already been saved. So the next day, in those two classes particularly, I just point out blank asked and wrote down names. Who of you received the Lord for the first time yesterday? And who of you have know that you've asked the Lord to be your Savior before? Whether it was here at a Bible school or whenever it was, doesn't matter. And in the fifth and sixth grade, there were, okay, I don't, I don't know how many there were. There were around 20, something like that. In the fifth and sixth grade, I'm, I don't even remember which one of you. <laughs> okay, 15, some 15-ish, something like that. Five of them were brand new salvations. And the, uh, there were 10 of them that had raised their hands that had said they had been saved at some previous point. And a lot of them would come up to me and say, I remember doing that last year, or I remember that three years ago at Bible school. And then in the third and fourth grade, it was the exact opposite. There were like five that had already been saved, and there was like 10 brand new ones. And you know what? I just was amazed because, for one thing, um, those those ones that are there that have that know the Lord, they're not in the same kind of environment we're in, and um, we're there one time a year, and man, did it bless me to see that many of those older kids. Okay, that's thirty kids, and we had sixty some maybe the whole week. So that's excluding the preschoolers and the first and second graders. Or can yeah, I think that's right. And then yeah, and so out of out of you know, half of the kids that were there were saved or just received the Lord. That's a lot. 
And they're in an environment, in a place where standing for the Lord is not like it is for most of us. You know, I mean, we have good families. We have a good community. We have a good church family. We got a lot of factors going for us that make it so much easier to stand than many of them. And I am telling you, some of them that come to my mind, like little Javier, who has known the Lord ever since I've been there. And I know his family and his mom and his little sister and all of them, you know. But there are several of them that are just so um, determined that they're standing. And they know they're standing. But, man, they got everything going against them. And so, man, that really spoke to me that it's not necessarily important that there are, I mean, not the most important thing, that there are new salvations every time. Yes, that's important. But I think when we go there and we're, we're, uh, we're faces to them, people to them that can encourage them in whatever little way we can by being there one week to keep standing, it's worth it. And then for us to get the blessing to see how they're still standing even though, you know, we don't know. Some of them may go to church, you know, during the time that we're not there in that year. I know Javier's family does, but we don't know about a lot of them. We don't know if we're the only Jesus they ever see for every year. You know what I mean? And so, wow, that was cool. Anyway, just wanted to share. Um, Let's see. Well, the first thing uh, that I want to say about this week is this is my third year to go to Kansas City, and um, every year that you go up, you think you're going to minister to the kids. And before the week is out, I've been ministered to more than I've done any ministering to them. The first thing I learned about our uh, church family is if you're going to play pitch with Pastor Kent, Pastor Landon, or the Crockett kids, go big or stay home. <laughs> in 10-point pitch, they bid nine. So anyway, learn that. That's just a sidebar. Um, God moved me out of my comfort zone uh, in a lot of different ways. I went up not knowing who my craft helper would be, and it was a young lady, 19 years old, Abby, from Carthage, and she's newly she's a new Christian three weeks ago, made her profession of faith, and hearing her background, I just, I was so blessed to get to work with her all week. She's just a special young lady. Um, Secondly, we had a little rearranging of rooms, and instead of Isaac and I rooming together because he wasn't 16, we were short on rooms, so he got to go in with the guys, and I went in with Olga, Zizi, and Brianna from Carthage. And they all speak Spanish, and I do not. So... I will just tell you, I learned, I think, a little Spanish, and maybe they learned a little English from me. But, uh, well, the girls, do they do English real well. But I was really blessed to be in that room with them. Um, One of the most memorable uh, evenings was the first night before bed. Olga, I guess, reads a proverb. Whatever day of the month it is, she reads that proverb. So we went around the room, and she would read in Spanish, One of the other girls would read their verse in Spanish, and then I would read in English, and the other girl would read in English. And that was just a really touching thing to 
experience the scripture in their language, even though, I mean, I knew what they were reading because I had my Bible, but that was very touching. Um, The homeless feed, I'm trying to speed this up so everybody else can have a chance to talk to. The homeless feed is always um, the one night that I really, really look forward to. I never know um, who God's going to bring into my path that I'm going to have a conversation with. My husband tells me I can visit with anyone, and that's pretty much true. Um, I was in line to get a plate for a lady that had walked up that had arthritis really bad, and she asked if she could sit and if I would go through the line and get her plate. So I was standing in line to do that when a very, very thin, I'm talking rail-thin black woman walked up, head taller than me. I probably outweighed her by 30 or 40 pounds. And as we were standing in line, and I was visiting about the cooler weather and not knowing much more to visit with her about, the man that was sitting at the beginning of the line to let people know when they could go up and get their plate, they were talking back and forth, and I heard her say something about twins. And I said, oh, you have twins? And she said, no, I'm, she pats her stomach, and she said, I'm expecting twins. And I said, really? I said, you're far enough along pregnant that you know you're having twins? And she said, yes, um, it's boys. And I said, okay. I said, um, well, what are you going to name them? And she said, well, I'm going to name one casual and the other one blessing. And I thought, well, these are some strange names. But I said, well, that's interesting. I said, they're not going to have names like anybody else I know. Right. And so um, I guess I better back up and tell you. uh, From the minute I started visiting with her, she was clearly drunk. I mean, just the smell of hard liquor on her breath. And the whites of her eyes were just so bloodshot. And she was just, every, in the way she was, her whole demeanor talking to me, she, was, she wasn't being mean, but she was a little bit just cocky and had an attitude about her. And so I'm asking her about this. And I mean, everything she's answering, it's just kind of cockiness coming out. And I wasn't offended because these people are at their absolute worst. I mean, they are so broken. Um, So we are talking about her being pregnant and, and how skinny she is. And she was talking about eating something that she craves. And she said, well, you know how that is when you're pregnant. When you crave that one thing, nothing else will do. And I said, well, actually, no, I don't. I said... I've never been fortunate enough to ever be pregnant. And I mean something about her. And I didn't say it like, oh, you know, poor me. I just said, well, no, I've I've never had that privilege of knowing what it's like to be pregnant. And it was just like somebody flipped a switch in her. A humbleness came over her, and her eyes kind of teared up. And she said, oh, ma'am. She said, I am so sorry. She said, I didn't mean to offend you. And I said, you didn't offend me. And she said, well, I shouldn't have been talking about that. She said, I didn't mean to hurt you. I said, you did not hurt me. I said, do you see that good-looking young man standing over there talking to those teenage girls? I said, "Uh, God let me be that boy's mom. And I said, we went all the way to Guatemala to get him. But I said, 
You know what I found out about our God? I said, when he shuts one door, and we cannot understand why he shuts it, he opens a better one. And I said, a lot of times when you're in the midst of that door getting shut in your face, you think, God, where are you at? Why do you not see how bad I'm hurting? But I said, he has a plan. And she said, yeah. She said, God is good. And I said, well, sometimes when you're in the throes of it, it's really hard to remember that. So that was a really good God moment for me for that week. And then the other thing, and I kind of told everybody up there, but I, I come home and I told Larry that I'd really challenged the kids one day. I don't remember which day it was, and it kind of went in hand with the lesson. But I asked the kids up at Kansas City, I said, if I had this big sponge and I dipped it down in my bucket of water, I said, could I wash my dishes and clean my whole house for an entire year with that one sponge of water and never dip it back down into the bucket all year long? Could I just keep cleaning and keep cleaning and keep cleaning my house for a whole year? And the kids said, no. No, no. I said, well, what would happen to it? And they said, well, it'd get dirty, and it would dry out, and it would crack, and it would break apart. And I said, well, I said, that's kind of like this. I said, we are at this VBS, and we're here for the whole week. And I said, our hearts are that sponge. And I said, we get to learn about God, seek his face, be in his presence, and we get our heart so filled that week And I said, we're on this mountaintop experience. And I said, when we leave camp or we leave VBS or we leave Kansas City and we come home, if we're not dipping our sponge back down into that bucket daily and we're not in his word and we're not praying and we're not attending and coming to things, our sponge is drying out and we're not effective anymore. And I just really challenge the kids up there. And it's a challenge for all of us and even myself to daily dip your sponge in because your heart just, you cannot be effective for God if if your heart is dirty, dried out, and broken. So thanks. Okay, so I've been going to Kansas City for four years but this year it was different for me because I usually had the first and second graders but there's this one little girl who I don't know where we got off on the wrong foot but we got off on the wrong foot but it's okay learn patience this week with one but the other little girl that I had the first the first year I went um can't always says don't pick up these kids don't pick them up. You'll get tired. You can't pick up all up. This one little girl I had this year, the first year I had her, picked her up because she didn't feel good. Second year, same thing. Last year, didn't get the chance to have her. But Wednesday, Wednesday after the VBS was over, they always have the after-school program. And she looked up at me when I entered the room and goes, Miss Bailey, I got saved today. Thank you so much. And I looked at her, and I'm like, it's not something you think me about. It's something you think the Lord for. And it, like, she's just started to cry. And I was just like, 
this is why I was called to go to Kansas City. I've been trying to get up here for the past four people, but uh, I'm kind of slow. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it on here. Oh, I know, I was looking at the time. I was like, man, I hope we have time. All right, so uh, what's up? This is my fourth year going to Kansas City, and uh, the group was awesome. It w- <laughs> yeah, okay, they're tired. Yeah. <clears throat> so this year the group was really fun. Uh, usually I feel like uh, some people come in and they just need like a, a nice cleansing, you know, but I feel like we came in and our hearts were really clean. We were ready, but uh, there's something I wrote in my notes. I feel like I'm like doing karaoke. Um, there's something I wrote in my notes, and I was like, I don't want to tr- choose tradition over revelation, and I feel like sometimes you wake up expecting the same things, and it's like, you're going to miss out on, like, the refreshment when you're looking at something else that's already been done, and it's like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes you go and you pray for the same thing over and over again, you're like, why is it not happening? Well, it's already done, so let's move on to the next thing, um, so the homeless feed was awesome, I love the homeless uh, and the homeless feed. That's my favorite night. Um, and I was like looking around at people and I was like, who am I going to talk to? And this guy had this really nice bike and I love riding my bike. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna talk to him about his bike. So we start talking. His name's Garrett. Very cool. He's like, I'm from Texas. And so we're like, okay, I'm from Texas too. And I was like, where at? And he's like, Dallas. So I was like, okay, I'm from like Fort Worth, which is everyone knows that's like DFW. It's basically the same thing. You know, it's a terrible place. Um, if you ever drive there, you really know stress, okay? Uh, so we're talking about it, and I was like, actually, I'm from Keller, like, you know, a suburb in Fort Worth. He's like, I'm from Frisco. Our high schools used to play each other, and he was a grade uh, older than me. So it was crazy just meeting someone that lived 20 minutes away, and uh, he lives now up in Kansas City because he moved up there because his mom was dying in January. Um, and he was like, you know, I'm just looking for a church. I don't really know where to go, and I can't tell them to go to Grace because they don't, <laughs> they don't really have a pastor. Uh, but I was like, this is kind of like what we do. And he was like, that's awesome. Um, and so I added, added him on Facebook. And we had mutual friends, of course, which is crazy. Um, and he posted a couple days ago. And he's like, I found a church. And I was like, that's cool. So it's like, it's little things that you don't really expect, but you need to be expecting for something. Uh, just waking up and, and you know, saying, like, I'm open to anything. Uh, you don't really know what's going to happen, which is, like, the best part and kind of the worst part. I'm not going to lie. Uh, there's some situations you don't really want to be in, but you're going to be changing lives. So sometimes it gets dirty up there. You get tired. But at the end of the day, these kids are going home with, like, hope. And that's pretty amazing coming out of a, a place like that. So it was awesome. It was fun. Thank you. All right, well, I've heard a lot about Kansas City. I did go to Kansas City as well. Um, But one thing I just wanted to say this year is Landon's kind of hiding out in the back today. He started, um, we've done the bus route in the past before, but this year at Lamar, we ran the bus. And how much did you guys average every night? Okay, so 30-something. And something I thought that was so cool about Lamar this year is we have not had a high number of salvation in quite some time. And I just think that that goes back to, you know, doing outreach at home. And I think that's just such a cool thing to see from the bus ministry. And I think it's, you know, something we need to get passionate about at home. Um, 
something else. I'm going to kind of flip through some VBSs just real quick because Giselle and I, I don't know who else, Landon probably went to all three. And so if you went to all three, hands up in the air. Whoop, whoop. All right, we're the cool team. So anyway, you guys don't even know until you've been to all three. Anyway, I don't want to take too long. But something just to testify over Carthage. Um, we've been working with Edith and Valentine this year. And I've just got to say, it's been so cool seeing new people step up from a church that has been raised over there. And so they've just been so encouraging to me if you haven't met their little girl. Just seeing her go through VBS after she just got baptized, it was so exciting. She was just excited about everything. And just all the people we seem to be pulling in through our church home as well. Um, one thing I wanted to say about Kansas City, though, is we had this morning, and I'm the video person, so I don't get to interact with the kids too much, but I've also been going since, you know, Sharon brought me over as a little kid, I think, when I was in middle school, and this is how much of a troublemaker I am. Just got to have one fun story in here. Um, I went when Kansas City was, like, really rough. I'm not bragging on myself, but the first time I went to Freedom School, um, Aunt Shay dropped me off, and I was the only white person in the building. And so I'm scared. I'm a little scared. You know, I'm, like, 14 years old. I'm from Lamar. I don't, I don't really, you know, the best way to, you know, just get, I, I'm kind of crazy, I guess, is the way you say it. Anyway, so I come up with this brilliant idea to get, like, friendship and um, there was this thing we used to do here where you could get like a little plastic cup, right? And so, kids, if you've never done this before, you got to do it. So you got to drink your water and then you got the little styrofoam cup and you kind of tap it on the top. And I'm showing all the kids at my table because I want to be cool. And they're like, hey, who's this new girl? And you smack it really hard and it makes a pop noise. It's really loud. It's really cool. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. So I decide to do this at inner city, Kansas City, uh, just being the only one. And I, I walk up, I set my cup down, and I'm like, I'm going to make some friends today. <laughs> and I walk up and I smack my cup as hard as I can. And everybody thinks it's a gunshot. Kids fly under the table. Everybody's going under. And I'm just the, the little white kid with the broken cup. So we've come a really long way uh, since then. But seriously, it's been so cool just to see kids um, like Shamari. Am I saying it right? I, so, I somehow confused Toraya and Sh Shamari, and I combined like their names together. And I was calling them like Sh Shatari or something. I don't know. Anyway, she, she has been the first student where she's made it through seven years of VBS. So she's came since she was in pre-K, and I've got a little picture of her where I'm holding her. And now she's taller than me. I showed up this year, and I was like, how did that happen? And so she's actually the one on the screen right there. And so anyway, um, but like I said, I won't take too long. And so the one thing I did really want to say is he was giving the tongue and interpretation um, just earlier. I know it's been a while since you heard it, but something that really stuck in my mind um, was Isaiah 55. Something that I heard through the interpretation was I kept hearing the word come, like come to me all who are weary and burdened. And I thought of the scripture in Isaiah 55. And before I get into that, just real quick, because again, I won't take too long, right? That's what people say when they take 30 minutes. But, all right, Bible app, here we go. 
says I have to install new software. Give me just a second. This is why you don't go electronic. Okay. Um, but one night at Kansas City, we were talking in the morning about coming hungry. And that's something that was kind of kind of a weird expression if you just hear it for the first time. Um, but being hungry when you're in the presence of Lord, like desiring more from him. And something I've realized is when you're at Kansas City and you get into the presence of God, you know, you, you're desiring so much. And so that was something for me this year is just waking up, expecting God from, for something. And as he was giving that tongue and he kind of interpreted it there, um, like I said, I thought of Isaiah 55, and it says, Come to me, all who are thirsty. Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? And so I was kind of studying this translation, and if you look at the original like Hebrew version of this scripture, thirst is actually described as a lack. And so when you're hungry, you're desiring something, but when you're thirsty, it's actually a result of lacking the Spirit of God in your life. And so that was something I was thinking about is because you always hear these like incredible stories every year about how, you know, you go out for a week and some people have never been, so they're like, come on, stop talking about the morning devotions. But the thing is, when you really get into the presence of God on an everyday basis, you come expectant. And I think that's something we need to do as an overall church is to not wait for these big like once a year things where we just get into the presence of God heavily for one week and that's our standard you know that's our sponge but I think this is something that we need to take to our overall church where we say you know hey the way I see God in Kansas City is going to be the the theme the pattern I want for my entire life and so that was just something that was on my heart speed uh we had some people serving and then some in the line talking and uh i just kind of think that it's uh that it's uh easier to talk to people <laughs> when there's others around um but i think when you're on your own that that it's harder to talk about Christ to others, and it shouldn't be that way, <laughs> that we should have the same confidence and the same um, trust in the Lord that we can talk to people, because when I was at the homeless feed, I just felt so powerful and that I could talk to anyone there, and um, it's just uh, kind of sad to know that we can't do that on our own sometimes, and I think we need to have um, confidence and trust in the Lord to do that. We're building families, what we're doing, and, and we're building the family of God, and you're hearing it from amongst ourselves, and you're hearing it from new people coming in, but that's what the kingdom of God is, is building family, and we make it too hard. We make it way too hard, and, and there couldn't be a better way to end than what you said is we need to be confident in the Lord all the time. And, and allow him to do. So that theme's been kind of running tonight, hadn't it? And I'm going to wrap it up unless somebody just knows they're supposed to speak and, and, and they feel like that they need to. But I'm going to, if somebody feels like they need to say something, otherwise I'm going to wrap it up. Three months ago tonight, we were sitting in the emergency room with Isaac after 
he got his head smashed. Um, and one thing that I have learned in the almost 18 years that he's been in my life is to never limit him. Um, and in that, I've also learned that he's never limited what God can do to him. With the doctors telling him that he had a brain bleed and a fractured skull, and I was crying, of course, he said, I'm good, Mom. Like, not really, but okay. So we make the lovely trip to Children's Mercy, and, you know, they're like, we're going to keep him, we're going to watch him. And he just kept saying, I'm fine, I'm fine. Wanted to watch TV, which they really didn't want him to watch TV, but we watched TV until, like, I don't know, 5 o'clock in the morning. He slept a little bit, and we actually, within 24 hours, were back here um, in church, um, which was a miracle. They didn't expect him to be walking and talking um, because of his injury. And he just kept telling everybody, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm perfectly fine. We went today for our three-month checkup, and not once did he ever doubt that God had healed him from day one. And he was healed. His brain is fine. His skull is a little deformed, not not going to lie, uh, but it's fitting for him. If you know him, you understand. Um, but he has been completely cleared for everything, including football. Um, so, you know, don't limit your children. Don't limit the people in your life, and don't limit what God can do whenever you're hearing doctors telling you that this is what they think you're going to be limited to. Anybody feels led to pray, do that. And then I'll close up whenever I feel that, it's, that the Lord wants me to. Okay? Lord, we do just let.